well, it's day, I don't even care, and week, whatever, and month, yep. what, doesn't even matter. So I, I don't even know why we're counting. Like you see so many people on social media, like, well, it's day 73. Like they're doing, they've been doing this since the beginning, like one, two, three, four, it was really cute, like up until like day 21. And now yep. it's just like, here's my update for day 74. And I'm just over it. It doesn't matter now. You're right. It's arbitrary. It's like Mars-tober the 39th. Who cares? It's just, it's another day. It ends in Y. And the jokes really were funny at first. Like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the words they were making up for what, when's February yeah. or, you know, fry two day weekend or whatever it was. But now I'm just over it. Yeah, um, I think we're over it. This is starting, this feels normal. It's starting to feel like a really normal thing to do everything on zoom meetings mm -hmm. um just this past couple day, couple nights ago i was with the the cast of our show the jan uh scripted comedy show and it was the canadian screen awards and so the producers and the whole cast and we were all it was the biggest zoom i've ever been on i think there was like 16 of us oh my god and it was weird seeing everybody kind of trying to talk over each other and there was something extremely depressing about it, but it was nice to see everybody, although they were in a postage stamp size. Yeah. Hard, hard to do it. It's okay if there's two or three people, but like 15, 20, I know Oprah's doing these massive talks for like thousands of people are signing on to zoom and they're paying money. They're, they're paying or whatever the format is. And they're paying, you know, a pretty stiff ticket to, to see all this stuff. Well, and Instagram just announced that they are going to start um, basically running ads before IGTV uh, videos, before IGTV lives. And so they did the, they crunched the numbers and no surprise, but Instagram lives and IGTV live, um, they've gone up 70% since February because everyone's just sitting staring at their phone now more than ever, more than we already were. Yeah. So now like Kylie Jenner previously would have had to make all of her money by waiting for, you know, you build your followers and then a diet tea or a leggings company reaches out and offers you a, a, a sponsorship. But now uh, good old Mark Zuckerberg, because of course Facebook owns Instagram, is going to be running these paid ads in advance of the IG and IGTV lives. And they'll give the creators a cut of the ad and then they keep a cut of the ad. And it's the same kind of model as these people who are now paying to do the Zoom speeches and paying to do um, these talks. It's the way of the future. But I agree with you, Jan. It's kind of exhausting. If it gets to be more than like three people, I struggle with it. Well, I mean, I completely am all for, don't get me wrong, I think artists, speakers, uh, musicians, everyone that's kind of been doing these shows with absolutely no monetary... Uh, gain whatsoever you know they've done it because a they wanted to entertain people they wanted to feel valued they wanted to feel purposeful in a time that was it was i mean it was very uncertain two two months ago now we can kind of glimpse the future that this is what it's going to look like going forward and we all do need to make a living mm -hmm. and so i'm all for that i don't think it's the end of the world to run an ad before an instagram live I'm not sure how they'll know. I mean, usually when I do Instagram live, it's very spur of the moment. I'm walking down the road with the dog. We find a pair of underwear on the road. We think it's super interesting <laughs> that the world needs to know that 
there's a, a g-string on the gravel road and so we just click onto it so how would that work caitlin how are they going to i i feel like it's probably somewhere hidden in the back end where it's like they have it planned um and or maybe it's automatic maybe it's like any sort of sponsorship where they just automatically run one you know think of youtube right it's kind of what happens with youtube videos so before you watch one you'll see uh, you'll see like a, a, a pre-roll. So maybe they just have built-in pre-rolls and certain brands will only allocate their pre-roll spots to certain accounts. And then right. everyone shares everyone shares the ad revenue. So it's it's smart on the part of, of uh, people who have large Instagram followings. And it's really smart on the part of Instagram because they were left out of that whole transaction altogether before. So uh, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be the way that things work in the future because you're right. There's no concerts. We can't go to see live shows. We can't go to do all the normal things we want to do. And all these artists, we want them to still be around and viable when this is all said and done. I don't think it is that far away. And, you know, I, I, I say this with caution and I'm absolutely no expert, but I um, I don't think, you know, people have been saying things like three years, five years. I absolutely disagree with that. I don't think it's going to be that long. Um, I feel like, even mid-year next year, things are going to start looking a little bit like the model that we were used to. Um, I saw some very interesting photographs coming out of Germany maybe a couple of weeks ago, and people may have seen these. Um, some really beautiful posh theaters in like Berlin, Munich, uh, these theater chains were taking out an enormous amount of the soft seats. So what you saw was a model of they, sometimes they had four seats together or two seats together, but they were definitely six or eight feet apart. So the theater looked like it, it, it looked like almost like when you signed up to go to a movie and you were choosing your seats of what was left. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was very staggered and they feel like, you know, they can run shows with groups of two, four singles, deuces, whatever. Um, it looked really odd to me, but I think, I guess it would function to, to me seeing live music is that shoulder to shoulder mosh pit experience of, you know, people breathing over your shoulder and dancing and the, and the crush of bodies and things like that. I mean, I enjoy that. Um, mm -hmm. sometimes, <laughs> not all the time, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think so theater companies, soft seat theaters, I think, that may well be what the model looks like maybe this fall, maybe as early as this fall to get people back in the theaters. I have not heard one single word from Broadway, obviously in New York City or, or the bigger Los Angeles, Atlanta, Toronto. I haven't heard one word of what the soft seats, if, if anyone's going to be adapting that model or I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about that either. And I think a lot of people, at least here in Toronto, had anticipated that one of the first, you know, dipping your toe into the water would be movie theaters, where they would do that same thing, where they take out a certain number of seats. And or then block them off. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe not physically remove them because that would be expensive, but I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But block them off. And so then, and then also really it's to, it's to test okay, so what's the public interest level? Do people feel comfortable enough to come back in? And will they do it? And can we afford it? Is it feasible, uh, financially speaking? And then go from there and see how that impacts numbers. It's so slow. It's going to be such a gradual process. I mean, if you get on a streetcar in Toronto right now, you'll notice that the majority of the seats are blocked off because they want to ensure social distancing. Kind of the same thing with buses. But uh, they're running. Yeah, I mean, they're, but they're, they're running. up and running. 
And people aren't, you know, they're like, yeah, they're trying to keep us safe. So I think that anger element has gone away. I hope so, because it's not going to serve anyone. (laughs) And the other thing, too, is people are eager for real life, like winners in home sense. The lineups this week in Ontario or something else, because, you know, their online shopping system for those for those, you know, TJ, TJ Maxx that owns all of it um, wasn't great. And mostly the joy of winners in home sense is like the little scores that you find. It's different at every store. And so everybody couldn't wait for this experience and they were lined up to go right back in. People are lining up to go back into retail stores, H&M's opening some things. So people want to get back and they're but willing I, to take some weirdness with it. They'll wear a mask. They'll stagger well, yeah, in the store. But the thing of it is, I think we are understanding how to protect ourselves. You know, this virus follows the same patterns that every virus that's hit us. They follow these patterns And because they've done so much tracking on it, and, you know, this is obviously so different affecting the entire globe that we've really watched how these things unfold. Nursing homes in particular, we understand the touching of surfaces. We understand that, you know, you're dealing with uh, incontinence. So you're dealing with hygiene issues. So contacts of fluids. I don't want to sound disgusting here, but (laughs) when you're looking at, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't understand why it's, why it goes so fast and in, nursing homes and I'm looking at my friend going seriously yeah like you're dealing with every body fluid you're dealing with you know the the food how it's brought out all of the things all of the surfaces you can't you can't deny that that's just like the possibilities are endless Oh, any congregate setting, like same with homeless shelters, you know, same with, uh, same with mental health facilities, slaughterhouses. Yeah, exactly. It, we had that outbreak of the, I forget it was, I think it was maple, was it maple something foods here? It was a chicken slaughterhouse in, in, on, in Ontario, just outside of the GTA. Yeah. No shortage of examples of when you got a lot of people close, close together. Well, all I'm saying is that we see these models and I think we're all somewhat intelligent enough. I mean, maybe that's a stretch even saying that, but we can go into these bigger department stores or these home stores and know how to protect ourselves. And I feel like I have no qualms about going into those stores at all. I don't, I just got a new mask and uh, it's, it's a little better quality because now there's more access than there was even six weeks ago. They've caught up. There's a lot of companies making them. And, um, I don't, I have no problems in, in going into a grocery store or going into HomeSense or Rona or anything like that. I feel like we know how to protect ourselves. So that doesn't surprise me at all. And I think yeah. you can go in there with a, a good degree of confidence knowing if you're doing your social distancing and I would absolutely wear a mask. There's, that's just a no, there's, there's no argument over that at all. I would do it for myself and I would do it for the people around me to feel safer. Um, it's anyway, I, I think going forward, look where we've come to end of May. Look how far we've come since the beginning of March when all this stuff was thrown at us. I think we are much more steady on our feet. And uh, anyways, we've got so many things to talk about today. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast and I'm here with Caitlin Green and Adam Karsh. If I, I didn't say that before, it was because <laughs> I was in shock and awe that we're still here. Anyway, come right back. We've got lots more to talk about. Just on the heels of what we were speaking about is, you know, going into Home Depot and Rana and all these gardening centers. And I mean, it's, it's the summer is, is, is coming. 
and people are excited about it. Like you said, I love going through Canadian Tire, Caitlin, because it's always the gadgets by the cashiers and the, the weird little things that you're like, oh, maybe I do need some kind of hat that a net folds out of it and it, and it wraps around your neck to keep the flies off of you. Like I yeah. actually bought one of those last year. I haven't used it yet because I just don't know what the optics would be like on it. I like the cleaning section because I'm a cleaning nerd. So I love all the very like specific products for like the little sponges, all the different soaps, like every, all the organization stuff I'm getting. I have like Canadian tire FOMO right now thinking about Canadian tire. Aw. You're going to get there. You're going to get, I know we're going to get there. I mean, slowly these things are unfolding and people don't even understand eight weeks from now, this whole thing's going to look so much different again. And Yes, people keep inundating us with the second wave, the second wave, the second wave. And much like this first wave uh, that happened, I'm going to say 80% of the prediction type stuff that was thrust upon us did not come to pass. And I think you guys would all agree. Yeah, like the one message that I remember hearing and knowing in my heart that it was true is that it's a lot of this is within our control. So here in Toronto, when this all began, we were really dealing with the possibility. We thought that this was going to be another New York City, another Milan. And that was a concern. But public health officials were very clear saying, you know, we have the control and we have the ability to turn this around and to hang on to some semblance of normal life while letting our healthcare providers and our public health officials be the people to deal with this. And that's, that's, that's what's happened. Now it's, it hasn't gone perfectly. It's not going to, we, we, we hit a treadmill at level 10. So you do have to catch up and figure out how to, how these things work. But yeah, when we hear about the second wave, like whether we realize it or not, we're all kind of like, we're all kind of experts at this now. Like people are pretty good at adapting. So whatever comes our way, like you're going to hit the ground running this time. You're going to have some experience with it. Oh, well, absolutely much more equipped. But, and, and I, I'll tell you what, for me, I do find it bothersome the way they talk about a second wave. I feel like it's a lot of fear mongering and I'm not to say, I'm not saying that, you know, listen to our public officials. I think we're, we're dealing with a much different prototype of this whole thing a much different uh, map of it than they are south to us. I think mm, oh, yeah. there's, there's so much chaos in the United States for myriad reasons. Uh, yep. Not saying that racism isn't here in our country either, because it is, it's, it's prevalent and it's a horrible thing, but I'm, but just as far as I hope people don't, you know, go into the next few months carrying a lot of fear on their shoulders because you, you, you nailed it, Caitlin. And I think Adam, you'd agree too, is that I think we can set aside fear and not, and, and be in control of our situation and take control. Adam, you were saying on the break, just about your temperature being taken and Caitlin, your, your husband had his temperature taken at a golf game. Yeah. And I don't mind if they want to take my temperature. I am like, this was at our, uh, in, in Toronto at the Longo's grocery store near where I live. They're taking a ton of precautions. I feel very safe shopping there. They're, everyone, you're required oh, yeah. to wear a mask, which I totally agree with. I got my mask on. I go armed with my bottle of Purell, and and they have hand sanitizer pumps at the front, and you wipe down your cart, and all the grocery carts are outside, so you know that 
that uh, and they're being washed and cleaned. I see them spraying them all the time. Like I feel very comfortable. They have stickers all yeah. over the floor, social distancing. Everyone in the store is mindful and respectful of the other shoppers. And it's, it's a very pleasant experience and you feel safe. And I like, well, I think, I think those things are here to stay. I think the hygiene, uh, things that have come in are here to stay. Like, I don't think buffets will be here. I don't think we're going to be seeing charcuterie boards that are ordered for a table of 12 people that are going out for a business dinner or even a casual dinner with friends. I don't think we're going to see that finger food. Like someone brought up the other day, God, remember when you used to order nachos? And, you know, you'd have 10 hands in there. God only knows who just peed or used the bathroom or whatever. Digging into the nachos, those days are over. Something that was already kind of, I noticed, like it viewed as being unsanitary, because in many cases it was, just talk to anybody who, who worked at, you know, a makeup store, but testers, see you later, testers, yeah. no more testers. I don't think that's going to be, uh, I don't think that'll be around. I wouldn't, you mean I for hand lotions and soaps and creams things that you, and, okay. exactly. Yeah. I don't see anything that's going to have like a high touch, you know, ratio. I don't think people are going to be uh, too interested in that anytime soon, which is, which is fine. It's all stuff that we lived with for a long time, but we certainly could live without. The one thing, the, the thing that I'm still really curious to see, and I don't know how to predict it, is travel. Uh, Pearson Airport announced that starting on Monday, they were going to be restricting people in the airport terminals to um, only travelers and only employees at Pearson. So that means friends and family of employees at Pearson can't go. And that also means how friends and family who used to accompany you to the airport also can't go to the airport with you. So they call them meters and greeters. Um, and I know Jan, you saw me, I posted this on Twitter this week, but remember like there was footage of people getting on crowded airplanes, like airplanes yes. crowded like a sardine can. And I just think to myself, who, when will we feel comfortable to travel internationally? When will that be allowed? And when will people be interested in doing it? I don't know. I'm not afraid of flying to be honest. Like once again, I, I just, I feel like I have the tools, um, you know, wiping my tray off. I wouldn't be opposed to wearing gloves on the plane. And once again, people have to be mindful about gloves. My friend was telling me she was at this meeting. She didn't have gloves on, but this guy that was there, he had his mask and gloves and he went to shake her hand. And Lisa's like, I can't shake your hand. You, your gloves are touching everything. He's, he had yeah. to think about it. He's like, yeah, but I have gloves on. She goes, yeah, I know, but... You're touching everything with your, so it is just like people catch themselves in, in behaviors. So yeah. once we learn, once we learn the basics, I, I think to some degree they're going to be with us for a while, but I don't think it's going to be forever either. I just no. don't, no, I, I think it, we will, I think we will share nachos again. Um, <laughs> but for the time being, it's like Adam put up this thing on the screen, you know, the, the kids' birthday parties of blowing out cake. Yeah, pretty wild how we used to eat cake after someone had blown on it. Good times. Well, my little brother, my, I remember my little brother having like a, a, he was six years old and the, and the neighbor Dickie came down and, and uh, you know, Dickie was a, he's the cutest little kid, but, you know, they were all eating their hot dogs and stuff. And I remember the kids joining in to blow out the candles and Dickie blew chunks of hot dog into the green <sighs> icing on my little brother's cake. I mean, oh, I remember see? that vividly. I think my mom even took a picture of it because everyone was laughing. Well, we just picked the pieces of wiener off of it and cut it up for the kids and <laughs> served it to them. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Anyway, 
I don't know where that segment went to. Obviously, <laughs> we have lots to talk about, and I think there's a theme developing here. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. And I've got no one to sing for, so I'm singing for you. Hi. Welcome back. Hi. I just wrote that. I just wrote that. I song. wish I could do that. You oh, Trust me, you can, because I know mm-hmm. how good that was. That was so <laughs> good just now. I miss... Uh, I, I'm supposed to be on tour right now, as is the rest of the world. We started off the show talking about live music and where we thought it might ha- end up. But um, I just was... I think you sent this to me, Caitlin, just about Coachella was talking about doing uh, a version of it kind of in October. Yeah, every, I think everyone's familiar with the California desert. Thousands and thousands of people show up and it's, you know, a lot of pot smoking and, and great music though. I mean, uh, Beyonce, I think worked on her Coachella set for six months in a giant warehouse and literally blew people's minds with, the the professionalism the showmanship the music the band so it's not it's not what you think it's not this you know i'm gonna sit up here with my guitar and and be really high and play it's it is like outrageously high production anyhow yeah the whole thing is that they don't even know if the, the push from april to october uh, they don't think that's going to happen now. Not for something of that scale. You know, that's the, it's all about scale and there's no small time Coachella. Uh, so I think they're saying to themselves, we might not be able to do it this year. Hopefully they played along the same way as Wimbledon and invested in some uh, pandemic insurance because Wimbledon was canceled this year and they wound up making money off of it because some genius in their insurance department actually went out and purchased pandemic insurance. And so they have no out of pocket for the year. They were like, we're good. We're putting our feet up. I don't know if they have that's, that same guy work. That's yeah. a lot of money. Some insurance company was like, damn. I know. What yeah. are we thinking? Well, the good yeah. news is the good news, the takeaway from this is that the Coachella organizers are looking at the spring, which a lot mm-hmm. of us are. I mean, when I talk yeah. to other musicians, everyone is looking forward to April, May, you know, and I don't, I really think that's doable. Let's face it. That's a year away, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're going into June and I am gobsmacked at how far we've come in three months, just with our knowledge base. It's like mm-hmm. you were saying, Adam, you'll like, you're like, Hey, if they want me to put on a clown suit to freaking go to law laws, <laughs> I will. Cause, and, and I feel the same way. Tell me what you want me to do. But there's so many people that have a knee jerk reaction to any kind of, order when it comes to like the government being involved. I, I, I am not one of those people. And I think that's why I've just never been in trouble. I don't mind order and I will do what I'm told. And I mm-hmm. call me out on it. Tell me I'm a freak. I don't care. I, I don't feel like my rights are being invaded on. No. And if you don't feel comfortable wearing a mask or, or abiding by things that are set up to protect you and other people, then can all those people go and grocery shop at like one chain where it's like the nothing matters, like anarchy type grocery store then? Just stay out of my grocery store. Well, I go to a little country grocery store. I've talked to you guys about this before. It's a little tiny store and none of the clerks wear masks. They do have plexiglass up they have two cashier registers and there's, I've never seen two of them running at the same time. 
It's usually just the one. And this is my same girl that I see all the time. She's super friendly. She's a good four feet away from me when I tap my credit card to get my stuff. I bag my own groceries. They, yeah. they don't bag it. They let you do it. And they just sort of stand back. So that's all cool. And there's rarely anybody else in the store. So maybe yeah, I get that. Like, like the guy, he's, he's back there carving up meat. They've got a tiny little butcher store. They get their meat from a tiny arbitor, I'm sure, like local person, whatever they need. They probably get one cow at a time or something. I don't know. But yeah, it I mean, just seems a, very, very functional. If you live in a rural part of Canada, your day-to-day reality is very different than people who are living in a major city. Um, and, the, and the risk, the associated risk is so much lower. In Toronto, you've actually got grocery stores now. There's one specific store that has actually installed a UV light. So it's a UV light that they put over. And so when you put your groceries on the little conveyor belt, in order for them to get from the start to you at the end, put in the bags, it runs through this UV light, almost like a scanner you'd, you'd be used to seeing at the airport for security. What does the UV light do? Sanitizes the groceries. No. Yeah. So it's like a full, the future is here moment. Are they now, saying that that does kill the coronavirus? That's what they're saying. So they're saying this type of machine, this specific type of UV light, um, is supposed to drastically reduce the virus count, I guess. And now like people wiping down groceries and everything has become a little more common. Uh, and I guess this is just one way to try to figure out how to do things. They're already saying now, uh, they're, in, they're implementing UV, these little adorable, I don't know why I always imagine them to be cute. Anytime you have a robot in life, I think it's going to be like Wally from the Pixar film, but they go around <laughs> to, uh, operating rooms and they shed, they shine these high-powered UV lights all throughout the operating room. And the idea is that it, it helps reduce the amount of cleaning staff that they need for those operating rooms. It's very effective and safe. So UV lights, I don't know, invest in that. If anyone's looking for a hot tip, I'm no good investor, but that's that, what I'm hearing. Would that, be, would that be like a tanning bed? Like, should we, do you think we should come home from our outings and just get in a tanning bed? <laughs> Uh, well, just I lay down at, well, and get a little zap, do you think? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> who knows? All I know is that there's, there's so many things that are going to come out of this that are literally going to redirect the direction. I guess that's what redirection is. You redirect the direction that human beings were going in. Yeah. Um, in, in every facet of life, you know, they're talking about people that, have long lived in cities, you know, down right downtown, being at the heart of it are many, many, many of them are considering going into the suburbs. And they're already seeing inquiries at real estate offices. They're already seeing people, you know, listing their condos and their apartments to get out of. And that's what makes downtown cores so successful. And the, and the, the businesses is that you have this really massive amount of people. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if that'll happen. I think it'll happen like to a certain degree. Some people are still going to live downtown because that's what they want. That's what they prefer. But all the people who now might have the flexibility to still do their job from home, but they'd rather live in a quieter place with some more space and a, a less hefty mortgage. I think they might be perfectly happy moving to the suburbs. And it's nice that they wouldn't feel trapped into a downtown life, living in a postage stamp, unable to necessarily afford a car. And now they could maybe head on out to the but burbs ha- if they how like. How something like that work in Manhattan, Caitlin? Like, this is, this is a lifestyle that you choose. People that go to New York, they want that. They want people. They want action. They want movement. They, they want I, all of that. 
I think that they, they do, but if now they feel that doing that comes with a very high cost of living and a higher risk of, of potentially contracting this virus, and if they feel like a little stressed out and just crushed, I don't know, it's going to be hard to predict how people are going to react. I have a friend who moved to Brooklyn for all those reasons that you just outlined. And he's now moving. He's thinking like, do I want to set up a bed and breakfast in the Catskills? Do I want to completely change course in my life and slow down and live a little quieter because I've been on this hamster wheel of career and consumerism? And maybe have I ever really been happy? It's like making people reevaluate things. I am. Um... I, I don't know if I don't know if that is, you know, possible for 360 million people that are living. Oh no, no. In it. But but I mean, it's like everything else that happened. You know, when 9/11 happened, I had so many of my friends say, "I'm never traveling again. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not getting on a plane." And I'm telling you what, that lasted maybe a year and a half. That lasted 18 months. I'm not going through airports. I'm not going to submit myself to that kind of scrutiny. I'm not going to have the security pat me down. It was all these no's. People just said, nope, those are, I'm not doing that. And now everybody that I know is, they were back traveling. So I feel like we're going to be back doing the things that we always did, maybe with a few caveats in there. Um, but I, most of my friends always traveled with fricking hand sanitizer anyway. Like, I don't know about you, but if you travel, you had your wipes and you had your sanitizer. And I always saw, you know, there was probably 10% of people that on the planes that I was on had masks. Mm -hmm. So maybe there'll be a little bit more of that. But anyway, obviously we still have a lot of ground to cover. I haven't even touched on 10 of the topics that I wanted to talk about today, <laughs> but obviously this was important. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. Don't go away. Come back. We have, we have so much juicy stuff coming up and it all, it's all about Adam, this next segment or not. Welcome back everybody. It's Catherine. <laughs> and we've been having just a talk about how the good old uh, days were. And now, uh, you know, maybe these will be the good old days. But, uh, sorry, I'm going to stop doing that now. Welcome. Welcome. That was the worst Catherine Hepburn uh, impersonation you'll ever hear. Listen, what are you guys splurging on? I'm just going to jump oh. right in. Uh, uh, the, the people are talking about, yes, we're, we're watching our money and, you know, we're being very careful. What, but what are you splurging on in these times of darkness? Yeah, in, in the new normal, in these, quote, strange times, all the cliche things everyone's been hearing. But I've been spending more money on stuff around the house. So, you know, new glassware, we got like a print that was framed, um, some outdoor furniture because we're going to be spending more time on our balcony than we would be on, uh, you know, on vacation this summer. Uh, so lots of stuff for around the house, just sprucing things up a bit and also skin stuff. I'm a bit of a beauty product addict. So I've been ordering a lot of creams because my hands look like lizard hands and baths because I've been taking baths and just lots of stuff. Like I'm holding right now a, a facial <laughs> massager and um, it's made out of jade and you can like I rub just it say in. that it kind of looks like a butt plug. Not that I've ever <laughs> seen a butt plug before. I don't want to alarm anyone, but it's just a, it looks like a small cork with like a lid around it. Yeah. I have a few friends of mine who <laughs> said that they might, they were like, I think I've seen this in some X-rated videos. I was like, yep. Um, but I promise you it really is a facial massage tool. And yeah, sure it is, of, Caitlin. Sure it is. I should really not be rubbing this on my face, eh? 
probably yeah, untoward, maybe but. not. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> We've just taken a turn. Adam, you splurging on anything? A little bit, yeah. Like I'm the kind of person who's like, if I haven't bought a toy in a while, I'm like, I need a toy. I want toys. I want a toy. But where's this like, conversation going? Really, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's not that kind of toy. What do you mean but, a toy? Like a toy is anything. Like a t- just like something that I want that will make me a, happy. Like so. a tool for the shop or? I'm not very handy, but like okay. just headphones or something electronic or something. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be that expensive. It's just, I want a toy. But we're, we're literally only spending money on groceries and alcohol. That is it. There's no programs for the kids. There's no public transportation that I use to get down to work. There's no before and after care for the girls. Like we are literally just spending money on food and, and alcohol. So like, we're also going to be spending our entire summer in the backyard because really, unfortunately, uh, camp is canceled for the girls and yeah. they're not able to go into any place. That's it's a really drag. A shame. Really yeah, a shame. That's a drag. I, I really, I really do feel for parents um, mm-hmm. with, with their kids had so many like band camps or God forbid, Bible camp or, you know, space camp or did you see what I did there? Um, I did. You know, all that stuff. I know a lot of my friends have spoken about that certainly have teenagers. It's, it's a drag for them. Um, My nephew, he's a camp counselor and he says it's just something he looks forward to so much every summer is counseling like the younger kids. And I, that was big for me too. I mean, going to summer camp, I can't even tell you the level of excitement that my entire body experienced. And to have that taken away from me, I, do, I think about kids a lot during this whole thing. With camp, like I'm a product of camp and um, I went to camp my entire life and uh, it's, it's a very special experience for me, very meaningful. And now my girls go to camp and, and I have good friends in the, in the camping business. And it's just a shame. It's, there's no camp this summer. It's really sad for so many people. What have you guys heard in Ontario as far as campgrounds opening up to some degree? Because obviously a lot of people are saying, listen, we need to get outside. And I know that national parks were closed for a while. I don't, I don't know much about that. I feel like I'm under a rock. So I've been, I, I go camping every summer with the boys. It's like our 24th annual boys camping trip. It's okay. the big one. So I've been very much reading on um, what the provincial parks are doing and what they're, if they're open or when they're opening. So apparently like you can go into the park and walk around the park and you can go and whatever, but you can't sleep there yet. You can't sleep over. There's no, the campsites themselves aren't open, but the actual grounds, like if you want to go through the hiking trails or whatever, that's open. I would think that's because of the washroom facilities and perhaps the shower facilities and things like that, that they haven't really tackled yet. Um, I know that my friend went back to work, uh, she's in the office a couple of days a week, but it's very limited. There used to be 50 people in the office and now there's six. So you can understand social distancing really works. But she said in the ladies room, there's two stalls open. There used to be eight, but now there's one on either end. And there's a really lengthy description about how to flush the toilet. And, you know, to not be sitting on the toilet when you're flushing it, that you need to like wipe your, like literally this is on a sheet of instructions. I mean, we've all been peeing and pooing for our entire <laughs> lives. So now on the door, you're reading this, 
you know, wipe yourself, drop your toilet paper into the bowl, stand up, you know, make sure your pants are up or whatever. Like, I'm not kidding you. And flush quickly and stand away from the toilet. I'm flush and run. Flush and run. It's a flush and run, Caitlin. So I don't know. I don't know why this is making me laugh because there's a lot of sadness attached to this, but I know we were just talking about camping, but I think that's why Adam is that they haven't gotten a memo about flush and run yet. And the the spray, well, they're worried about the spray coming up because there's coronavirus and fecal matter, apparently. Obviously. Well, that's the whole thing with the, that's why we have a lid on the toilet. People, guys always act like, Oh, I don't want to put the seat. I know, but there's no lid. You should be putting it. There's no lids in airport bathrooms. There's the round thing that has the hole in the top. There's no actual solid lid in a lot of places. Well, let's bring back lids. Yeah. Bring back lids. lids. (laughs) You know what? You're not wrong there. I bet you any money we see the lids coming back on toilets so that they can be closed and then flushed so that you're not getting the spray. And another thing is the hand dryers. They say that is going the way of the buffalo. I have always felt that those were disgusting germ-infested places and they have always as a little bit of a germaphobe scared the crap out of me i would sooner wipe off on my pant leg or just use purell even before this all happened than i would ever use one of those hand dryers because they just suck up all the warm moist bacteria filled air and they recirculate it and they blow it all over your hands imagine you're blowing it around imagine you're coming out You've yeah. washed your hands. God only knows what's still on there. You're putting them under like one of those blade dryers and you're yes. blowing crap around at 300 miles an hour. I think that is completely going to stop. Once where you would like lower your hand in and then you'd have yeah. to move it up and down. Have you ever looked at the bottom of that thing? No, thank you. I mean, again, this was all, this was years ago that I even noticed this and thought, oh, like this is just a recipe for pink eye at the very least. So I'm well, avoiding this. That's going. And, and you know, maybe lessons learned. I mean, Obviously, history has got a keen grip on what's happening. I wonder what they'll say 20 years from now, looking back, saying they used to use air dryers in bathrooms. They used to do this. They used to not have lids on toilets. They used to, I mean, I'm wondering, and I hope I live long enough just to see uh, how big the glaring mistakes were that we made as far as hygiene, because a lot of this stuff, when you look at 14th, 15th, 16th century Europe even, and you, you look about how human waste was dealt with, even going back further than that, thousands of years mm-hmm. ago, it always caused such a huge problem with human health. Yeah. You know, when they were dumping their, their pans out onto the streets of London, and yep. literally Versailles was moved out into where Versailles is, out of, out of Paris, because literally the king was like, it smells so terrible and there's so much poo and crap and <laughs> that they literally, they moved out of there because they wanted something that didn't, that wasn't that bad. I mean, that was one Is that of the why they all had those big puffy pants back in the day? Like the big bouffant, like shorts? I don't know. Well, what, well, what were they keeping in there? certainly. Uh, who knows? Yeah. But anyway, it's, it's interesting to look at the history of humanity when it comes to human waste and how we figured out how to deal with it. And I think we're still dealing with that now. Although this virus is not attached to that this time around, but it certainly was the hygiene and the, the cleanliness of animal markets. So you're yep. still dealing with those concepts with yep. diseases. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that it's going to be one of those things where an upgrade in hygiene would be such a plus of all of this. Um, and I know that everyone who tries to find silver lining in things a little bit, like a couple of my friends and I, we've been talking about, okay, so what are some like pandemic pluses, you know, maybe take out booze is something that we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll have more access to. You won't only be able to get alcohol at one specific place, maybe more flexibility about working from home. Just this week during a press conference, the prime minister said that he wouldn't rule out the possibility of a four day work week after the pandemic is over because of, uh, because of all the information we have now about how easily people work from home. I mean, there could be lots of cool new things that come out of all this. Well, imagine millions of cars being off the road because of a four day work week. So one day a week, whatever that is. So every day the traffic load is unburdened, you know, to a certain degree. Those kinds of things are exciting. Um, yeah. You know, pe- people are very excited about seeing their city skylines without a gray cloud over them. People yeah. are very excited about, you know, being able to go across the city and not being, you know, waiting. Traffic times have got, been cut in half for a lot of people. I yeah. can't believe we have we have one minute left. I don't. Is that? Are you telling me this, Adam? We have one minute left. <laughs> what? Um, that was this keeps happening to us. Listen, everybody, it's always, I, I look forward to seeing you guys every week. And Me too. I think every week I've noticed such a change, even in our, our, you know, just how our happiness levels and our positivity. Like, I hope you guys realize that you lift me up week after week and that my dog is crying and it's not me having gas. <laughs> Mitty. Oh my gosh. Well, same for me. And I love thanks it. I once like- again. Yeah. Thanks to I, all I our look- listeners. Yeah, I look forward to it every week. Yes, and thank you to everyone who tweets to us and says that we go with them on their walks and they interact. You know, it's such a nice pick-me-up, and especially on days where you're feeling a little blue. I always yep. look forward to recording this session with you guys. It's really nice. Okay. And Mitty, and Mitty. And, and, sorry. She I, she has to poo. Speaking of poo, you've been <laughs> listening to the Jan Arden Podcast and my friends, Caitlin and Adam, with me as always. Until next time, toodley This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.